Should he give his hand or not? Shirlian didn't move. He hadn't decided yet. Should he continue to sit tall and still, or pretend to be a bride who was frightened and at a loss, hiding away? The owner of that hand was rather patient and incredibly well mannered. Shirlian didn't move, and so he didn't move either, seeming to be waiting there for his response. A moment later, as if something had taken control of him, Shirlian reached out. He rose to his feet, ready to push aside the curtain to descend the sedan, but the other had already moved, lifting the red curtain. The one who had come grasped his hand, but the hold wasn't too firm, as if afraid he'd be hurt. He somehow gave the impression of treating him with the utmost care. Shirlian had his head bowed, letting the man guide him slowly out of the sedan. Below the veil. Shirlian could see the dead body of a wolf that the silk band Ruyer had strangled to death by his feet. An idea came to him, and Shirlian lightly tripped, falling forward with an alarmed gasp. The man immediately reached out and caught him. Shirlian also twisted his hand and caught the man's arm. He felt something cold. It turned out that the man was wearing a pair of silver vambraces around his wrists. The vambraces were exquisite and beautiful, with decorative patterns. Maple leaves, butterflies, and savage beasts were engraved upon them. Quite mysterious and unlike anything from the Midlands, but more so akin to the ancient objects of foreign tribes. With them locked around the man's wrists, they appeared refined and agile. Icy silver and fair hands, without a trace of life. But carried a killing and evil aura. Shirlian's trip and fall earlier was a feint. He had the mind to test this man. The silk band Ruyer had been circling languidly inside the large and expansive sleeves of his celebratory robe, waiting to strike at a moment's notice. However, the man only took his hand and guided him forward. First, Shirlian couldn't see the path clearly with the veil on. Second, he had the mind to delay. Thus, he purposely walked very slowly. Yet, the other matched his pace and walked slowly with him. The other arm coming around to support him every now and then, as if afraid Shirlian would trip again. No matter how high on guard Shirlian was, to be treated this way, he couldn't help but think: if he was a real groom, then he'd genuinely be. The most gentle and considerate one. Just then, he suddenly heard an exceedingly soft clinking sound. With every step the two took, that sound would ring crisply. Just as he was mulling over what that sound could be, there were suddenly the low, suppressed growls of wild beasts from all around—feral wolves. Shirlian's form jerked slightly, and the silk band Roya suddenly snapped tight on his wrist. Yet who knew that before he could do anything, the man who was holding his hand softly tapped the back of Shirlian's hand, like he was comforting him, telling him not to worry. Those two taps were so soft and so gentle. Shirlian was slightly taken aback, but that low growling was already suppressed. When Shirlian listened closely, he suddenly realized that these feral wolves weren't growling. 
but rather whimpering. That was clearly the whimpering of beasts that had reached a peak of fear and could not move while they struggled before death. Now his curiosity for who this man was was even stronger. He wanted to lift the veil to take a look at first, but he knew that this wasn't the best course of action. So he could only peek through the crack underneath the red covering, his view limited and missing the big picture. The only thing he could see was the lower hem of a vividly red robe, and below the red robe were a pair of black leather boots, walking languidly. Those black leather boots were wrapped tight, and going upward, there were a pair of long and slender legs, looking extremely beautiful as they walked. On the sides of the black boots, there dangled two thin, broken silver chains. With every step, the silver chains would sway, clinking and crinkling, sounding extremely nice. The steps were unhurried and languid, but light, much like a young man's. However, his every step was confident, like there was nothing that could stand in his way. If anyone dared to block him, then he'd rip them to pieces. Thus, Shirlian couldn't say just who exactly this character was. Just as he was deep in thought, suddenly, something hauntingly white on the ground intruded on his vision. It was a skull. Shirlian's step faltered for a moment. He could tell with one look that the way the skull was placed was amiss. This was clearly a point in an array. If moved, the entire enchanted array would probably attack this point in the blink of a second. But judging by that youth's steps, it was as if he didn't notice that there was anything there at all. Shirlian was just thinking about whether he should warn him when he heard the crisp sound of a tragic crack. The youth had stepped down and instantly crushed the skull to dust. And then, as if he sensed nothing, he walked over, stepping through that mound of dust indifferently. He actually, with just one step, crushed the entire enchantment into a mound of wasted dust. Just then, that youth's step paused. Shirley tensed, wondering if he was about to do something now. But that youth only stopped for a moment before continuing to guide Shirlian along. After a couple of steps, suddenly there was a pitter-patter from above, as if beads of raindrops were beating down on the surface of an umbrella. It turns out that the youth had opened an umbrella and raised it over both of their heads. Although it wasn't quite the time for it, Shirlian couldn't help but praise inwardly that he really was quite considerate, but at the same time, very curious. Is it raining? he asked. Within the mystic black mountain, the vast wilderness, somewhere deep in the far distant ranges, there came the long howls of the wolves. Perhaps it was because of a slaughtering that had just occurred inside the mountain, but the faint scent of warm blood was still permeating in the cold, frigid air. Everything about the situation was oddly charming to the extreme. That youth held him in one hand and the umbrella in the other as he walked languidly on, appearing for no reason to be bewitchingly romantic and deeply affectionate. That strange shower came strangely and ended strangely as well. It wasn't long before the dripping sound of raindrops hitting the umbrella disappeared. 
that youth had also come to a stop, seeming to have put away the umbrella. Then, at the same time, he finally let go of Shirlian's hand and moved a step closer. The hand that had been holding his own the entire way softly folded a corner of the veil and slowly raised it upwards. Shirlian had been waiting for this moment the entire time. He stood still, watching as the tormenting red curtain was slowly pulled up. The silk band then shot out. It wasn't because the killing aura had suddenly stirred in that youth, but because the man must be apprehended first, control him, then talk later. Yet unexpectedly, when the silk band Roya flew out and carried with it a blast of wind, that bright red veil left the youth's hand, fluttering up and then down. Before Shirlian had the chance to see the remnant shadow of that red-robed youth, the silk band Roya had shot through him. That youth shattered into thousands of silver butterflies, scattering into a breeze of silver-twinkling stars. While it wasn't the time for it, after Shirlian had backed a couple of steps away, he couldn't help but sigh in awe. This sight truly was as beautiful as a fantastic dream. Just then, one silver butterfly flew past his eyes errantly. But when he tried to look closer, that single silver butterfly fluttered twice around him before joining the wind of butterflies, melting into a part of the silver that enveloped the sky as they fluttered with their wings to fly into the night. It was a good while before Shirlian came back around and he wondered, so was that youth the ghost groom? In his opinion, he didn't think so. And if those wolves on Mount Eugen were his subordinates, then why would they appear so terrified upon seeing him? And also, if that enchanted array on the way was set up by the ghost groom, then why did he so casually crush it? The more he pondered, the stranger this was. But then Shirlian tossed the silk band Roya over his shoulder and thought, well, whatever. He could also just be someone passing by. I'll leave this for now and focus on the proper business. He realized. Not far away was a building, standing there somberly. Since that youth had brought him here, and this building was so painstakingly hidden inside the enchantment array, then Shirlian must go inside to take a look. Shirlian took a few steps, then halted abruptly. After some thought, he turned back, picked up the veil that was on the ground, patted it off and clutched it in his hand before continuing to make his way into the building. This building was a tall structure with red walls, the bricks and wood appearing rather mottled, like an aged local town temple. However, based on Shirlian's experience, this design was most likely a martial god temple. Sure enough, when he looked up, he saw the large, solidly metal words nailed on the top of the entrance. Temple of Ming Guang The martial god of the north, General Ming Guang, was also that General Pei that Ling Wen had spoken of in the communication array, whose worship was abundant in the north. No wonder they didn't find any temples of Mingguang nearby, but found a temple of Nanyang. Turns out, the temple of Mingguang on Mount Yujin had long since been locked away by an enchantment array. Could the ghost groom have anything to do with General Mingguang? However, 
This General Mingguang was a mighty and unapproachable great heavenly official, flushed with success. Plus, his status in the North was very secure. So personally, Shulian didn't think a heavenly official like that would have any connection with a malicious creature like the ghost groom. It wasn't anything strange to have one's base be unfortunately overtaken by a malicious creature. He'd have to wait and see what the truth really was. He walked up to the temple and the doors were closed but not locked. So when he pushed, they opened. After pushing the doors in, there was a strange smell that assaulted his senses. It wasn't the dusty air common to an unvisited place of many years, but a faint stench of rot. Shulian closed the doors behind him to make it seem like no one had entered, then crossed the threshold into the temple. Within the center of the great hall was a martial god statue, naturally being that martial god of the north, General Mingguang. Many humanoid objects, such as sculptures, puppets, and portraits, were easily tainted by the aura of evil. Thus, the first thing Shulian did was to go up and look closely at this martial god statue. After examining the statue for a while, his conclusion was this. The statue was exquisitely sculpted. Wielding a sacred sword and wearing a jaded belt, his appearance handsome with an imposing bearing. There weren't any issues, and the rotting smell didn't come from this divine statue. Thus, Shulian stopped caring for it and started to make his way to the back of the great hall. After turning around, Shulian's entire person froze and his pupils shrank. A group of women, dressed in bright red wedding robes, with their heads covered with veils, stood tall before him. The faint stench of rot had been exuding from these women. Shulian quickly steadied himself, then started counting. One, two, three, four, until he counted to 17. They were the 17 brides who went missing in the Mount Eugen area. The red on some of the wedding dresses was already faded, exceedingly old and tattered, so they should be the earliest brides who went missing. Some of the brides were still wearing brand new wedding dresses, and the styles were new too. The smell of aged rotting corpses still very light on them, so they must be the ones who went missing recently. Shulian thought for a moment, then removed the veil of one of the brides. There was a tragically pale face under the bright red veil, so white that it was faintly glowing green, and with the soft light of the moon shining upon it, it was quite horrifying. But the most horrifying part was, while the muscle of this woman's face was already twisted with death, on this twisted face hung a small, stiff smile. Shulian pulled off the veil of the next woman, and they were the same curled lips. An entire building full of dead people, and they were all dressed in wedding robes, all with a smile on their faces. That strange nursery rhyme, sung by the little child, seemed to be sounding in Shirlian's ears again. New bride, new bride, new bride in the red bridal sedan. Brimming tears past the hills, smile not under the bridal veil. Suddenly, there was a strange sound coming from outside the temple. It was truly a strange sound, so strange that it was hard to describe, like two sticks wrapped in a heavy cloth were violently thumping on the ground. 
but also like it was dragging something heavy, pulling with difficulty on the ground. The sound went from far to close and it came very quickly. It was merely an instant before it reached the temple of Mingguang. The doors of the temple of Mingguang opened with a creak. Whatever had come, whether it be human or creature, was most likely the ghost groom, and now it had returned. There was nowhere to escape in the back of the hall, nor anywhere to hide. Shulian's mind spun for a second. Seeing this row of brides, he instantly put on his veil anew, joining the line himself and standing still. If there were only five to six corpses standing there, then of course it would be easy to see that the numbers weren't correct. But there were 17 corpses of brides here, and unless each one was counted like he had done earlier, then it would be difficult to notice that there was a new one mixed in. He'd only just joined the line before he heard that strange thump, thump, thump. Shirlian remained still while he pondered. Just what is the sound? By the length and pauses, it's a bit like the sound of footsteps. But what creature's footsteps sound like this? It's definitely not the youth who brought me here. He was very at ease, and when he walked, it clinked. Suddenly, he realized something, and his heart violently lurched. Oh no, my height is wrong. The corpses were all women, but he was an authentic male through and through, and was born a notch taller than woman. While an extra person couldn't be noticed with a glance, if there was someone particularly tall in the group of corpses, then it was very noticeable. But, as his mind spun again, Shirlian quickly collected himself once more. He certainly was taller than these brides, but that girl Xiaoying had only tied a simple ponytail for him and didn't do much else. The brides here were each richly dressed to the nines, their hairdos shooting for the skies. There were even some who were wearing phoenix crowns, a giant piece raising high on their heads, so they might not be shorter than him. Even if he was tall, he shouldn't be that conspicuous. Just as he was thinking this, he heard a shh sound that was about two meters away from him. A moment later, there was another shh, and this time it was a bit closer. Shirlian realized what this ghost groom was doing. It was pulling off the veil of each one of the brides and checking the faces of the corpses one by one. Pang! If he didn't strike now, then when was a better time? The silk band Ruya shot out and hit that ghost groom squarely. There was a large rumble and his face was assaulted by black smoke. Shirlin didn't know whether that demonic smoke was toxic or not, but since he had no spiritual light to shield his body, he immediately covered his nose and mouth, while at the same time prompted Ruya to whirl widely to vent the air, dispersing the black smoke. There was more thump, thump, thump noises. And when Shirlian cracked open his eyes, he saw a small and short form by the entrance of the temple flashing past. The entrance was thrown open and a ball of black smoke stole for the forest. Shirlian made the decision on the spot and chased after it immediately, yet who knew he hadn't gone far before seeing fires blazing within the woods, and the screaming and shouting of Rampage came from the distance. Charge! The voice of a youth was particularly loud and clear. Catch the ugly freak and exterminate evil for the people. 
we'll split the reward money evenly. It was indeed that little mob boss. Shirlian gave a frustrated cry inwardly. This group said that they were going to come into the mountain, and they actually did. There was originally an enchanted array covering the place, so whatever. But this array was just crushed to smithereens by that youth earlier, and this group, with their blind luck, actually found the place. Upon a second look, the direction they'd come from just so happened to be the direction where the ghost groom had fled to. Shirlian grabbed the silk band Ruya and charged out, shouting, Don't move. The group froze for a moment. He was about to say more when he heard the little mob boss inquire warmly, My lady, you were kidnapped by the ghost groom, right? What's your name? We are here to rescue you. You can relax now. Shirlian was taken aback, finding this hilarious, before remembering that he was still dressed in woman's attire. There were no mirrors inside the temple of Nanyang, so he didn't know what he looked like right now. But based on their reaction, Lady Xiaoying's hands must be nimble. Whilst still in shock, this group actually took him for a real bribe, and this little mob boss was probably hoping that he would be that 17th bribe so that he could go and collect the reward money. However, given the situation, he could not allow these villagers to run amok, no matter what. In addition to the fact that he couldn't guarantee whether the ghost groom had kept fleeing onwards. Coincidentally, right then, two black-clad youths came rushing over and Shirlian immediately called, Nanfang, Fu Yao, come and aid me, quick. When those two heard and looked over, they were both taken aback, then backed a couple of steps away. Shirlian had to ask many times before they came around. Shirlian asked, Did you two come from that direction? Did you run into anything on the way? No, Nanfang replied. Good, Shirlian said. Fu Yao, immediately follow this path down to search. Search all around to make sure that the ghost groom isn't escaping. Fuya turned and left after he had heard the instructions. Shirin then said, Nanfeng, you stay and guard this place and make sure not a single person leaves. If Fuya doesn't find that ghost groom in the mountain, then it must be in the crowd right now. Upon hearing this, the crowd erupted in commotion. The little mob boss had realized that he wasn't a woman by now and he was the first to jump. Not a single one can leave. On what basis? Are there no laws in this land? Guys, don't listen to them. He hadn't yet landed from his jump when Nan Feng struck out with his hand and a large tree, the width of one man hugging around, snapped and collapsed. The crowd instantly remembered that this young man chopped things whenever there was a disagreement and if he chopped them like that pillar, then any form of money repayment would be useless. So they all shut up. The little mob boss exclaimed, you said the ghost groom is among us. Every single one of us has a proper name and a family. If you don't believe me, use a torch to light up everyone's face and check individually. Nanfeng, Shulian called. Nanfeng took the torch from the little mob boss and went around to shine it on every single person. Each face was covered in sweat or nervous or at a loss or excited, all extremely spirited. Shirlian couldn't discern anything, and he came before the crowd. Everyone, I apologize for any offense earlier. 
but I injured that ghost groom and it escaped. It definitely couldn't have gone far. My two little friends here didn't bump into it on the way here, so I'm afraid that this creature is mixed in with the group. Will you please take a look at each other, see each other's faces clearly, and see if there's anyone that you don't know in this crowd. When the crowd heard that the ghost groom could be mixed in with their own group of people, their blood ran cold and they didn't dare to be careless. Peering at each other, you looking at me and me looking at you, they looked for a while and then suddenly there was a yell. Why are you here? Shirlian's brows jumped and he pushed himself over. Who is it? The little mob boss snatched someone else's torch and shined it at the corner. This ugly little freak. The one he was pointing to was Xiao Ying. Xiao Ying's slanted eyes and crooked nose appeared somewhat contorted under the firelight, and she looked like she couldn't bear to be exposed, raising her arms to block her face. I, I was worried, so I wanted to come up and look. Seeing how alarmed she looked, Shirlian took away the torch in the little mob boss's hand and turned to the others. How is it, everyone? The group all shook their heads. There isn't anyone that we don't know. We've seen everyone that is here. Could it be possessing someone? Nanfeng asked. Shirlian hummed for a moment. It shouldn't have. There was a solid body. Since it is already a savage, it is hard to say whether it can change shape, Nanfeng said. While the two were hesitating, the little mob boss was again the first to shout. The ghost groom is not among us. Do you see? If you do see, then why won't you let us go? Scattered voices agreed here and there, and Shirlian gave them a sweeping look. <sighs> Will everyone please stay here in front of the temple of Mingguang and not move even half a step away? The group was about to complain again, but when they saw Nan Feng's cold glare, they didn't dare. Just then, Fu Yao had also returned. He reported, There's nothing nearby. Gazing at this heavily packed crowd before the temple of Ming Guang, Shirlian slowly said, Then, it must be within this group of people. <laughs>